Hello. Hello. How are you? I am good. I am prepared, and we will see how long that lasts. I'm loosely prepared. I have written a list of books to talk about. I have not revisited said books, though. So I I have some notes that will be interesting to read out of context because they were taken from like my notes of reviews and stuff out of context so like yeah I won't say the first one but I I'm an odd soul so I I don't yeah yeah I was just gonna say I don't really have um a book for this I know you do um so I'll let you go there and then I'll I'll say what I'm gonna say you mean a bonkers book yes Oh, no, I don't have a bonkers book. You I was just going a bonkers to story. Tell- no, it's not even bonkers. It's just, like, it makes sense. It makes sense for anyone who has <laughs> ever spoken to me on any level, which is – so I intended to – I I don't work today when we are recording. Mm-hmm. I had no work. So no work, no jobs were done. Uh, so I was like, I'll run my errands because it's a Friday. Yeah. I prefer to run errands on Fridays because not as many people, right? But uh, I love to sleep, so I did not leave Same. in the afternoon. So me like, every weekend just run this errand really quick well this errand it was several errands and the errands were all except for one book shopping well <laughs> so, i want those errands. errands i just was like what if i went to half price books today that would be fun um so i fully intended to come back a few hours before we planned to record and like actually <laughs> write notes and prepare and then instead i went to two different half price books I was so proud of myself because never before has this happened, but I sold books and the I amount- I saw that I, tweet. Well, I sell books usually when I go because yeah. I have books that I'm getting rid of, but I, I always like the the amount that they give me covers like half of whatever I'm buying, mm-hmm. which is great. But this time for the first time ever, it covered my whole purchase. And I was like, wow, no money was spent today. Look at me. And then I went to another half price books and I spent twice the amount of like the cost of the first one because quite literally it's like a giant tote bag and a cardboard box full of mass markets oh my god some are very exciting i mean they're all very exciting lots of step backs some old like i got one from like 1979 it was like i think an avon something first edition there is one i was so excited i wasn't gonna buy it it had a good step back but i was like "Mm, not really Mm -hmm. sure it was like a christmasy looking one and then i saw a little thing on the front and it said something about like bonus ornament included i have that one do you it's the santa i was so excited yeah I was like, well, I bet somebody, like, took it out, right? No. Because why would you – no. It was in there. <laughs> I, like, threw it in my bag. It was the half price I used to work out. So my coworker, Vince, was there, who, by the way, is planning on listening to this podcast. I Hello, told him Vince. all about the bear pit uh, the, the bear pit sex scene <laughs> in God. Kate Bateman because uh, all – I think there were, like, three Bow Street runners. Like, they had three books. And I was like, oh, my God. As they Kate should. Bateman. They should have all of them, just saying. I'm going to buy them. Mm-hmm. And he was, like, making fun of me, as he does, because I was – literally just like pulling books off of the shelves and throwing them into my tote bag it was an absurd <laughs> amount of books and I was like oh my god Kate Bateman you don't understand we talk about this book we brought it up in like every <laughs> podcast episode and then I explained the whole scene where they like yeah, get chased by a bear to. and then have sex right next to the pit where they trap the bear and he was so confused you know I I love whipping that one out because nowhere does anyone expect that story to go where it goes. No. Like, 
you say bear and they're going to assume like a gruesome mauling attack or like someone wrestling a, like something that's not what actually happens and then you throw in the element where she's dressed like him i didn't even explain that part because yeah. it was already i was like in the middle of a store people were walking around and i was like and then they have sex on the ground outside and he's like outside and i'm like yeah well the house was right there but they couldn't get to the house they couldn't then, do it. They had to have sex right now. And then they sneak in the window and her brother's there and she has a handprint on his crotch. So then his brother, uh, her brother is like, I know what you've been doing. <laughs> and it, and then on that note, I'm not going to talk too much about it because it's not released yet, but I'm currently reading the next book in that series. Mm-hmm. And I was aflame in the Panda Express drive-thru, okay? <laughs> I was aflame. Because they took they took twenty minutes to make my mother's like chicken and mushroom thing, so I was just sitting in that car. I could not let a minute go by where I wasn't reading a book, so I flipped it open as one does on their phone. So I'm not actually flipping anything. And the first scene, he like they were going crazy. Like, I mean, this book is like absolutely everything up my alley. Like you were saying in like a previous episode that I love, like, softer books. I mean, this man, his, they both know that they love each other at the beginning of this book. Like, they're, they're, like, trying not to, but they do. And so all it is is him just trying to convince her to marry him. And, like, that's all I want. Because you think there's going to be some big drama from the summary. No. No, no. So, like, I can see where people would be like, nothing happened. But I'm like, but but everything happened. Like, every, like that scene, I was not prepared Kate Bateman, she just knows it, you know, wow. and it is sex. So I, I think. I can't believe you <laughs> when it, like desecrated a Panda, Panda Express. Express. <laughs> I, to be fair, I once uh, made out in a Wendy's parking lot, like in the Ooh. car. So. Oh my God. Next, we yeah. have to have someone who's like taking their graduation photos at Taco Bell and we have the trifecta. <laughs> I went to high school with someone who did that. See? Six degrees. <laughs> i actually think i did too it was a like a thing for the years that we were in high yeah school, it, it was yeah i think mm-hmm. i graduated in 2016 yes 2017 so mm-hmm. there was something yeah. about that time period everybody was into the like taco bell graduation photos i was just unfortunately really into taco bell it was so cheap and it was so nearby to the high school look i <laughs> I'm I'm not ashamed to say a mm-hmm. bean and cheese burrito from Taco Bell hits. <laughs> I, it's so good. And for what? For like a dollar, truly. There's, I don't know I how much. I recently read a, a contemporary romance where she loves Taco Bell and the hero mm-hmm. is like, that's disgusting. What's wrong with you, basically? And so he like in a romantic gesture does bring her Taco Bell, like her exact order too. And she like leaves him a note that's like, if you get there and I'm in the bathroom, just know that I died eating what I love. (laughs) (laughs) I was like dead because that's relatable. Relatable romance content. Taco Bell wooing and courting. I mean, you can't find that in historical romance. That would work on me. And it's true. You wouldn't find it in historical <laughs> romance. I'm... Bringing me my exact Taco Bell order, even though you think Taco Bell is disgusting, peak romance. I am fascinated by 
eating in historical romance because like mm. they have like some restaurants or like some you know things but like it wasn't as conventional obviously for like a man and a woman to like go out and eat and so I'm always just so fascinated like where they find food and even like mm. my brain can't comprehend like cold storage for food like underground cellars like I just can't mm. fathom or like the what are they like the larder box or whatever they yeah. call it I mean, that, the most unattractive thing. Name. I just made that up. Larder, larder is something. Is it something? Lar- is it larder box or just larder? Whatever. Uh, you know yeah, what I'm talking both. about. Both. Um, like, I just, I think of just everything being, like, warm. Like, mm-hmm. I need my water to be cold and not full of things. And so, you know, like, I just, so they're drinking, like, wine and mead and shit with their meals because the water <laughs> is, like, horrifying. And it just stresses me out. And that. I just clearly I like food, so I always think about that. I don't think I've ever really thought about it. Yeah, but you're so right. Well, (laughs) yes, yes. So our topic today is fake courtship historicals, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, which is, I mean, you struggled to find. I really did. I well, okay, because marriage of convenience really took me out. Because every book I was thinking of was like a marriage of convenience, and I was like, okay. "Well, marriage of convenience is massive in historical." Yes, in a way that. And it's so not every in book, which I was makes like, sense. Please. Yeah, I was like, "Please be fake engagement." And it was like, "No, they got married." I was like, "Fuck you!" I was so angry last night. I have a theory because I was thinking about marriage of convenience versus mm-hmm. fake courtship or fake engagement, mm-hmm. and. It's the opposite in contemporary. Every fake relationship, not every, most fake relationship books in contemporary tend to be fake dating. Yeah. You get very few marriage of convenience or like it has to be, like you have to really give a whole interesting backstory yeah. to why they would need to get married because in contemporary life, there just aren't a lot of reasons to get married for convenience. Would you rather try someone, um, someone, I don't know. Um, she has to get his health insurance, so they get married, they've been friends. Um, okay, I like so that. There's it's also like, it's the, like the proposal, um, kind of, you know, like she's getting, she needs to get married to like have a, a visa or whatever. Oh, yeah. And then she needed his health insurance. Right, so like there are situations mm-hmm, in contemporary mm-hmm. where those are like marriage truly, of convenience work. Yeah. I like, um, I don't think I've read any, but you hear about like, well, you, it actually, I've read them in historicals, just not in contemporary. But, like, for example, I'm really looking forward to reading In a Jam by Kate Canterbury because mm. I've heard people talk about it. And it's Marriage of Convenience. And it's one of those mm-hmm. books where it's, like, for inheritance purposes, like, they have to get married to get their inheritance. There's a Beverly Jenkins I just recently read where that was a plot line. But um, anyway, so my theory about Marriage of Convenience and fake relationships in contemporary versus historicals. Mm-hmm this half-baked theory that I thought about at like 3 a.m. last night um, is that, again, in contemporary life, there are very few reasons or you have to come up with the kind of like convoluted like a green card or inheritance thing that totally doesn't hold up in court, but whatever, uh, reason to marry someone. Because usually whatever their end game is with the fake relationship, it can be achieved by fake dating, Mm -hmm. which is easily broken off in contemporary life. It's not a big deal. In historicals, on the other hand, you have tons of marriage of convenience books which makes sense when you consider that the aristocracy almost every marriage was a marriage of convenience you want an alliance a good match of like power and money and status Mm -hmm. the entire concept of the season is about making the best possible match you can and it's never about love i mean in the romances it is Mm -hmm. but like generally speaking their approach to the season and marriage is making a good match which has nothing to do with feelings and so it makes sense 
when for like women in, of a certain age in their season, their entire goal hinges on marrying someone regardless of feeling like you're trying to mm-hmm. make a good match. At that point, you, a marriage of convenience is great for a lot of the heroines in these situations because mm-hmm. they're like, I don't need love. I need this marriage of convenience for whatever reason, for some critical thing, we have to get married. And they've accepted that this is a forever thing because you don't really get divorced typically unless you're yeah. Sarah McLean heroine in or, the day of the Duchess. Um, or uh, Sebastian Montgomery or whatever. True, true. He, he got divorced. His yeah. whole backstory. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, whereas a marriage of convenience, the characters are in it for the long haul, unless they have some kind of, like, we can annul it after a while, but that's pretty rare. Typically, mm-hmm. both characters are like, that's fine. I don't need love anyway. All in for the long haul, which you don't typically see in contemporaries because they don't have to be in the long haul anyway. Mm-hmm. That's why. Courtship, on the other hand, you can't easily break off in yeah. historicals, at least not unless the heroine is fully prepared to be like, my reputation is going to be ruined one way or the other. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. to me or they don't care about reputation anyway. But if you're fake engaged and your plan is to break it off, there's always that like, the the woman is going to be ruined in some way mm-hmm. from a broken engagement, regardless of whether it was her fault or not. Mm-hmm. So fake engagement is harder to do in historicals, I think, because the stakes are higher than fake dating in contemporary. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. I'm thinking of like the books that I have and like they're all like very, dare I say, kooky. Mm-hmm. Um, I would hope so. Setups because I'm like looking at them. I'm just – a lot of them aren't like your typical like we just have to date to like go to my brother's wedding like for a date you know like, right it's because not, you like, couldn't break that yeah. off casually yeah yeah no mine are all I'm they are all think. like a heroine who either doesn't care about reputation mm-hmm. has no need for it or or in one case has fully accepted that her reputation is going to be ruined by this when it ends but she mm-hmm. goes into it knowing that and has accepted it and is like, that's fine. I need to do this for my family anyway. I'll go be a governess somewhere. Yeah. yeah. I – like I said, I had a hard time thinking of books that truly dealt with this. And like a few of them are a little bit um, – I'm playing fast and loose. <laughs> because that's I fair. Mean, there were, I have a couple that are too. Yeah. And there were so many books where I was like, damn, I want this to be that so I can talk about it. <laughs> For no other reason than just wanting to talk about the book. Well, I kept – I think you came across the same thing where I would be like, oh, that's a fake – like, they're pretending to be in love, but it's yeah. marriage of convenience. Yeah. Which sometimes – it has the element of mm-hmm. pretending to be in love. Some marriages of convenience don't. I'm mm-hmm. thinking of, like, Devil in Winter. They aren't pretending to be in love. They yeah. just go get married for the money. Um, but I sometimes s- they do have that element of, like, pretending it's a love Match. match so it's yeah. kind of a gray area there between fake relationship and marriage of convenience where it's both yes i mean i was literally like pacing in front of my bookshelves last night i mean for every book that i have read there are at least probably 30 that i haven't read on these shelves so like Relatable. i truly cannot say that none of them are but for the ones i read i was just going through it and i had the hardest time um but then you know, there were some, I was like, oh my gosh, that is. And I was so proud of myself. So do we want to yeah. get into the ones? Because the one I immediately thought of when you texted me and, and were like, I, I can't think of any. Forgot I all about it. I was immediately like, can I always be my duchess? <laughs> of course I'll always be your duchess. 
Okay. And that's the end of the episode, folks. <laughs> it was just an elaborate we're, uh, uh, engagement plot. We're here every week. <laughs> We've talked enough for a full episode already. So I love that for us. I'll We'll be able to edit a lot of that out. Even the sentence that I'm talking about. No one will ever hear it. Um, yes. yes. Uh, so pretty women. Woman. Women. We're all pretty women. Oh, well, we should preface. Podcast. Because this one and a few of the next ones we're going to talk about are yes. published by Forever. And so we just mm-hmm. want to mention, I currently am interning for Forever in the publicity mm-hmm. and marketing, which I mentioned in the intro, but in case you didn't know. Um, but uh, all our opinions are presented here. This is not, like, I'm not getting mm-hmm. paid to do promo for these books. I just genuinely love them. I will not, like, and lie I, about my opinions And I have two books. books that she's never even read. That's true. Two of yours are Forever books that I have not read. So just disclaimer completed um and yeah i have like two books that she hasn't even read yet that i totally thought she read and i was counting on her to like have half of the the plot in her brain (laughs) so i have some other forever books but those ones i have Mm -hmm. not read so disclaimer Mm -hmm. all opinions disclaimed it here on out are our own there you go Mm -hmm. covering bases okay (laughs) okay so um, my first note of this book is that um, is he was he the stone one? That is his name or his blackstone. So yeah. I have a little bit of math. It's like the transitive property or something. Um, stone equals hard. Duke equals stone. Duke equals hard. <laughs> and there I, you go. You just mm-hmm. immediately took me back to my. <laughs> 10th grade English class where we learned I think it's a syllogism I want to say is what you just mm. did Ooh, if a equals b and b equals c then a equals c yeah yeah so I think because it's also a math thing <laughs> shout out to Miss Stuffick I learned it in English <laughs> Mr. Raimhild in math so well I mean um, I feel like it's taking a math principle and applying it, it is to, yeah mm-hmm. well we were so, learning yeah. specifically about rhetoric so I guess uh, it was we love rhetoric but yeah that that is because that's a lot of like i think we would learn something similar in like the fallacy portion Mm -hmm. um trying to imply things um but yeah this is a very hard stony duke (laughs) my favorite and his name is he goes by stone his (laughs) friends make fun of him they're like is he to her (laughs) so like basically we're not going to do a ton of um plot the way that we did in the last no, trope because quite frankly, I don't it's have enough in my it. brain <laughs> to recount the plot. Well, we should give like a premise. Any of these books. Yeah. Um, so Pretty Woman. <laughs> I'm going to start there. Um, he basically stumbles upon her. He's drunk, which is great. I love a good drunk scene. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's normally not drunk. Like he normally doesn't really drink and imbibe. So already we're starting out strong. She rescues him from some pickpockets and for some reason he's like hey i need you to pretend to be my fiance because he had some land dispute and this person wanted him to be um like married kind yeah, of like so in, was- in in leap year they could only rent the apartment if they, they were, were going to be married. Well, so it was that <laughs> – I've talked about this book a lot. Uh, he is a businessman, and that's the only thing he cares about in his life. Mm, yes. It's his business. He's always making deals, if you will. Um, and he's trying to buy this 
house mm-hmm. and it's the owner of the house is a family man. the railroad so, or something, right? Yeah, he, he wants to like tear it down. And it's this man's family home, basically. Mm-hmm. And so he is only going to sell it to him. He's like, I, I want someone very family oriented to buy it. I want this to be a family home for someone. And so Stone, who is, of course, a very hardened... He's hardened his heart. And it has to do with this very traumatic backstory because, of mm-hmm. course, he is a romance hero. Um, mm-hmm. But he's like, that's disgusting. I'm just going to find a way to get around this. And his brilliant idea, which, as you said, he's drunk. He runs <laughs> into her. I think he thinks that she's a prostitute initially because she's, like, standing yeah, outside he does. the theater. And so, well, and my favorite part is that she immediately pulls a gun on him. <laughs> she's because she's she doesn't know who this random drunk man is so she pulls a gun on him and he's like whoa (laughs) no it's like this like six foot plus like tall duke just stumbling around having a great time iconic of him and then yes they almost get robbed and they end up hiding in a very Mm -hmm. very tight alley Mm -hmm. and it is insta lust really works for me when it's like fast burn sexual tension and slow burn romance yeah it is like they're shoved front to front in this alley and immediately he gets hard and they're both super (laughs) horny and they're both panicking about it because she's like wiggling around and it's one of the where he's like stop moving (laughs) stop moving immediately and so after that they get into a carriage and he's like i am a genius i have a brilliant idea i will pay you a fortune because he's super rich Mm-hmm. to live in my house and pretend to be my fiance for six weeks. And she isn't going to do it. She's offended that he would even suggest it. And then she's like, wait, I have a sister back in Paris. She is a an ex-ballerina mm-hmm. from Paris. She's looking for work because she's been blackballed for rejecting. Um, Like a patron who, yeah. you know. From the ballet. Yes, in, who was tried to. France? Yeah, in Paris. And he mm-hmm. tried to. um basically ask for sexual favors and she said no and her sister i think also said no and he put glass shards in her shoes and like ruined her feet so So the whole like she's in london looking for a job like to dance because she can't in paris because he's made sure no one will hire her and she needs the money to support her sister who is still injured and recovering so she agrees to live in his house and be his fake fiance for six weeks for six weeks, yeah. And it's the so audiobook, good. Mary Jane Wells narrates. It was amazing. Um, he plays her like a cello. Because he, like, mm. he, you know, there are some heroes who, whenever they need to, like, release the tension, they'll, like, go to the gym, like the like the boxing arena or something. Yes, their pugilism play- academy. Yes. But he just plays instruments. Is that how you say that, by the way? Pugilism? pugilism I've never yeah, heard it out so. loud. Okay. I yes. think, I think that's it. Yes, um, he he just, like, plays instruments. Which he's just like going hard on this piano because he's just so frustrated. And then, um, like he can play the I played the cello in uh for all of my high school and like a few years of elementary school. So I thought that was extremely hot. I love the cello. It is hot. It's real hot. Um, it gives me the like like perfect match that I always really like where they complement each other in some way because she is obviously a dancer. So she really loves art and music and all of that. Um, and so they complement each other really nicely in that she is a dancer and he's a musician. Mm-hmm. And so they both have instances of doing the thing that they love and not realizing the other person is watching them. 
Mm-hmm. Like she has, he like builds her a um a dance studio basically mm-hmm. because she misses dancing, and so he's like, "Hang on, let me renovate my ballroom for you." And so she dances, and he's watching, and is incredibly attracted to her because obviously, um. But I also just really love like. Well, number one, Amelie Howard used to be a dancer, and I also used mm-hmm. to be a dancer, so I love a dancer plotline. I'm a I terrible love dancer. If ballerinas know. in romance, because me too. Um, there's a Diana Biller with Ghosts. The Brightest Star in Paris is also a ballerina mm-hmm. romance. Also a great book. I loved it. Anyway, um, but she also includes the specific ballets and like this specific dances that she will reference and do and so I was able to just put together a playlist as I was reading because she would mention like he's playing this concerto by this person like she mentions specifically the music and so you can go through and just listen with the exception of some ballets don't always have like recordings on Spotify Mm -hmm. so you just suffer because I want to know what that (laughs) music sounds like but the rest of them you can listen as you go which I love when there's music specific Mm -hmm. music mentioned and it's not just and then he played. And I'm like, but what did he play? I want to hear the song while I'm reading. So, oh, so good. He, I, this book was just so, so fun. I had, I believe, Susanna, uh, my friend from Bookstagram, Susanna Reads. Um, she had read this. She actually did me a favor and mm. made sure that um, this, this book would, like, meet the steam requirements. <laughs> like, she, like, I had her search in her Kindle because it was Read Now in Neck Alley. And I was like, I'm not going to be burned again, um, even though I was burned like 10 times after that um, with different books. But I had her check for me <laughs> to make sure because the illustrated cover, I didn't know. I did not know because like mm-hmm. Emily, like the other books I've read were really good. Well, so to just kind of wrap up on Always Be My Dad, because mm-hmm. we have some other ones we want to talk about. But number one, I feel like we didn't stress hard enough that he plays her like a cello. Yes. Which is the way that I sell that book to literally everyone, yes. both in a professional capacity and a, and a personal <laughs> one. You have to lead with he plays her like a cello. It, it, like, how can you not? Because whenever, like, because it's just a very, like, sensual instrument. It's a sexy instrument. Yeah. Patience. She's making some. Which we've brought up, (laughs) or I have brought up several times, Patience by Lisa Valdez. They both play the cello, but hers is, like, she doesn't play it, um emotionally it's a whole thing and he does Uh and he's very good at it and so they have these cello lessons together and he tries (laughs) he has her or he tells her she can't do it um but he tells her to basically stroke the instrument like a lover and he does it where he like kind of stroke like i think he grinds into his instrument to try to get her to like unlock her emotions while she's playing and she's like i can't there's this whole emotional like that's when she reveals all of her backstory and this other guy that broke her heart and all these things and she smashes the cello on the ground it's very dramatic and then oh he's also making her play naked this whole time and then (laughs) she doesn't lead with that (laughs) sorry i needed to clarify (laughs) and it's well it's a whole thing because cellos aren't ladylike because you have to I, put it between I your wore legs. a skirt to That's my first cello lesson, and I it was not prepared. Mistakes were made. Mistakes but so were it's made. a whole thing where people will make comments to her about, mm-hmm. I heard you can you know, handle a big instrument between your legs, things like that. <laughs> um, and so he, she thinks they're going to get it on because he's told her to – it's BDSM, Dom Sub. He's yeah. told her to take all of her clothes off. And she's like, oh, because she doesn't want to play the cello today anyway. <laughs> and then he's like, now pick up your instrument. And she's like, huh? 
And so he tries to get her to stroke it like a lover. They have this whole thing. She smashes her cello. It's an emotional outpouring epiphany. All of that. It's a big breakthrough. And then he sits her in front of him and help and makes her play his cello while he's while he's like grinding into her from behind it's oh my god there's a lot of things about that book and i've said before it's got some weird problematic gender essentialism type things however oh that cello speechless so if you like cello scenes patience i sure do and the, always be my duchess. And the only other one that I can think of is an Eloisa James. It is her like Rapunzel. It's from her like fairy tale hmm. series. Um, yeah, I have it on my my shelves too somewhere. And I wasn't a huge fan of that book because it was kind of. I mean, all of her books are weird, but that one just didn't work for me. Once upon a but she's tower? a cellist and she's is that what it's called? Yes, once upon a tower. Okay. Um, and she's a very uh, accomplished cellist and it like they that's one where i think they get married like really really early Mm -hmm. um and then they're like really young and the first half was really good and then the second half lost me but cello and i want to love it because whenever i see that instrument it's always the violin never the cello so well so now this is a cello trope episode um (laughs) anyway there should be more to finish there's like there's like a harlequin book too where she's like a chalice on the cover i can look it up i know I think I've yeah. seen the one you're talking about. You've definitely seen it before. Yes, yes, yes. Because it's fairly recent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, if anyone has other cello recommendations, um, our DMs are open. Uh, cello us. Cello, cello, oh, what is wrong with you? A lot. Anyway, A lot. the trope at hand is fake relationship. Always be my duchess is that mm-hmm. and they're living together. And it's also really great opposites attract. They have a lot of convert or like mentions of him being ice and her being fire because she's very fiery and passionate. That they're like ice can also yes. burn. They yes. burn us both. The line, the line that was like yes. ice burns the hottest or something. Yeah, there's really, a lot of like fire really and conversation. Yeah. Um, do you have another one that you want to pick that you really want to do more of a deep dive on? We can do a couple and then round up. Yes. Okay. Um, so my next one is, again, one you haven't read, Do You Want to Start a Scandal by Tessa Dare. I definitely tried to bring this one up in another episode, but I could not remember uh, the title. Um, but the book starts out – so this is, like, the last book in her uh, Spindle Cove series. So, And then it's also, like, the last book in, like, another. So it kind of, like, brings them both together. And she is, like, the younger sister – of Minerva from um, A Week to Be Wicked, and then um, the Anvil lady. <laughs> she also mm-hmm. has, like, her sister is, like, the, the whatever most attractive one. Um, and so her mother is a huge, like, matchmaker, meddler, and she's very annoying to everyone. So there is this um, – is he – a? he's a lord, so he's not – I don't know, is he like an earl or something? Whatever he is, he's the most eligible bachelor at this house party. And so she goes to him one night and she's like, hey. I love house parties, by the way. Yes, yes. Lots of good house party wrecks at some point will come from us. Um, So she goes to find him and she's like, hey, I just want to let you know my mother's going to try to like trap us. Like, don't, (laughs) don't like, like fall for any of her tricks. Like, I don't want to get married. Like, you don't want to get like, just stay away so they're in this office and she doesn't realize that he's like trying to pick the lock on this desk because he is a spy 
and he was here to investigate the owner of the house party like he's here to like investigate that man so this is his office that for some reason they got into and um so he's just like what are you why are you talking to me like what are you doing and he in the previous book he got jilted by his like fiance because they were engaged for like 10 years but he was off being a spy and then she married his brother whole thing um so he's done with love and sees her and he's like whatever and then they hear someone come into the room so what they do is they like hide on this like window seat behind some curtains okay so then all all you start to hear is they're like nestled together then you start to hear some like crazy like monkey sex happening like like murder sounds okay and you're like what and so she's like what is happening and he's like, I know what's happening. And um, that whole thing wraps up. And they're, like, disentangling from this, like, couch, whatever, when the people leave. And they, like, leave a scent, like, a perfume scent and, like, a garter. So they have, like, a few clues of who it was. And then they were just going to go about their business and leave. But then, like, the son of the people hosting the party comes in screaming bloody murder because he thinks someone was getting killed. So he was like, murder noises. Someone's getting murdered, sir. Why are you murdering her? And so they have to, it's almost like a marriage of convenience because they have to like technically get married um, because now she's been ruined. They think that she was doing the murder noises. Um, And so neither of them really wants to get married. So she's like, let's just pretend to be engaged until i can figure out who this was in this room so it's it's like clue so like the back of the book is like was it lord canby with the maid on the divan stuff like that um so she's like trying to be um you know sherlock holmes over here and obviously at some point he really wants it to be real there's like romantic arsony arson is it's larson arsony <laughs> no episode will i go Upsetting. without butchering <laughs> butchering a word okay <laughs> at one point i'm gonna make fetch happen okay <laughs> so he could like there's like romantic arson and it's, a, it's a very that. yeah it's a very hot book there's like a bathtub scene it must be hot if there's arson <laughs> he's just Can you tell i took a stand-up comedy class in college no you didn't it's okay technically it was a uh i don't remember the exact but it was like performed comedy as social commentary was what the class was but the major assignments were learning how to write and perform stand-up my final in that class was a 10-minute stand-up set oh my god that specifically had to include social commentary in it i would be atrocious at that so good on you you i was surprisingly good at it I did a I lot of bits unsurprising. about Catholicism. I could see how you good at it. And I am a Catholic, for the record. Yeah. So Catholicism, making fun of myself. And I just have to clarify, because one time I was like, well, a lot of my bits were about Catholicism. And somebody was like, are you? <laughs> like, like, I shouldn't be making fun of them if I'm not one. And I'm like, well, I feel like the Catholics can stand to be poked at. Like, we can poke fun at the Catholics. Yeah. We're not exactly punching down. At the Catholic Church, you know what I mean? But yes, I am. So a lot of the jokes were about myself. Yeah. And, well, and yeah. it was like that and theater kids and the mm. ways that they overlap. And yeah. Veggie Tales. So there was a lot going on. This is completely not related to anything. 
What were we? Arson. Romantic arson. Romantic arsony. (laughs) Romantic arsony. (laughs) Oh, God. Um, Yeah. So there's like bathtub. It's like very low angst. Um, What did I write? Yeah, I wrote sexy arson in my notes. Sexy arson. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And he's just like exasperated the entire time because she is just, she's, I love her so much, but she's a little chaotic and he, in turn, um, is a lot like uh, the other stone. <laughs> the other stone, um, whatever he was. He's a duke. I don't know what this one is. Um, but yeah, I this book was hilarious. The first time I read it was just like the physical copy. Um, I think I gave it like four stars. And then I listened to the audiobook when I was uh, doing a puzzle. And it like was so much better than an audiobook because it was like I was like watching a movie like mm-hmm. in that sense um there's something about was, audiobooks yeah. while you puzzle puzzle I know I know um okay side note I say fix a puzzle uh, apparently that's <laughs> I know I have been told that's not a thing no so it's not a it's, thing I know but if you think about it you I have understand. a sheet you have a sheet of cardboard it's die cut into all these pieces. It's broken apart and you have to fix it. So I grew up with my mom saying that because she grew up with her mom saying that. So my family says – I had to like mentally tell myself not to say fix just like five seconds ago um, when I was talking And it's not earlier. a Midwest thing? N- no. I think family? it's just my family thing. So I was told by someone that they were like, why did you say that? And I was like, what do you mean? I'm fixing a puzzle. What else do you do to a puzzle? You just apparently people just do puzzles. I'm like, I'm not yeah, doing a puzzle. Do I was gonna because there isn't really a verb. <laughs> no. I would say doing a puzzle or or if I really needed putting I a puzzle would say together. putting a puzzle together. But you're fixing it. Fix the feelings. Okay? I understand that's just not a thing. I know. And so that's why apparently I just make up all these words like arsony <laughs> and sunsetting. Because my mom, like she she prepared me she did not prepare me for life she feeds me these fake words and expects me to thrive you're like um pandora ravenel yeah. just making up words I, I truly did not think like no one i have found zero people who have said that in my life Besides, puzzling is also a verb i'm puzzling yeah. mm-hmm. i think I bet better somebody made that up and I adopted it because I was like, yeah, I love puzzles. So people can create all these different words around puzzles, but you can't say fix. <laughs> it's not that you can't. It's just that if you say it, you're going to get weird looks. Oh, I have. And then I asked my dad, I was like, so you married into this family and you never told anyone? And he's like, no. You didn't write an expose on these well, puzzle you, fixers? Like, You've let me go about my life say fix a puzzle when you've never heard anyone else besides your wife and her mother say it? I mean, to be fair, how frequently does puzzling fix come up puzzles. in your conversation? <laughs> we are a puzzle family. So, like, frequently, we talk about puzzles. So they have let me go out into the world All right, saying fix a puzzle. Well, most people don't have conversations about puzzles frequently enough for this to be an issue. But apparently just one conversation. I was having one conversation with a person and they absolutely shook my worldview um, because of that. So, yeah. Uh, Reed, do you want to start a scandal by Tessa Dare? I'm assuming most people, like, if they've read Tessa Dare, you probably read that book. Um, again, that series, my favorites are two, four, and then that's five. And so good. And I was so happy to realize that was, like, a fake engagement. But then, obviously. It's real. So we are 
running low on time and I don't I, can, I don't really have any other that I want to do a deep dive on but I would like to just kind yeah. of mention my other yeah. ones and give a very brief premise for them yeah. as recommendations so mine are and let me see one so these next two are both forever books the first mm-hmm. one is any rogue will do by Bethany Bennett this one is kind of second chance also um they had almost kind of started a romance He's uh, the hero is Scottish, and so he was dealing with a lot of backlash after he inherited. I think he's an earl, maybe he's something. No, um, I don't think he's an earl. He's something. Whatever he is, he's inherited a title, and obviously we know the aristocracy and the, the ton does not like Scottish mm-hmm. brutes. Quote inheriting their titles. They initially it was her first season, and they hit it off. She was, I think she also kind of had a hard time. She's also a plus size heroine. So mm-hmm. she is plus size. He is Scottish. They're generally shunned. But in her first season, he is into her. They start this kind of, not like romance, really, but they're attracted to each other. They're kind of flirting. And he goes to talk to her father. Actually, I think they did have a little bit of a romance. They had reached a point where she was really expect he was going to come call on her. And she was expecting him. And he went to talk to her father. Um, or went to call on her and ended up talking to her father. And her father basically was like, get out and don't talk to my daughter. Like, mm-hmm. really was nasty to him because he's this big Scottish guy. And uh, so he is very hurt by this. And ends up talking to the wrong people. Like, he was talking, I think he was basically gossiping with some other men. And he was feeling very hurt about this. And they asked something about her. And he said he called her i think a paper doll princess yes and basically says she's very pretty but not interesting at all basically got nothing going on upstairs Mm -hmm. like calls her vapid and And i love an overheard insult this is goes a little bit extreme and so it obviously ends up in the gossip rags she reads it she was expecting him to call on her and I think propose and instead he doesn't show up and then she gets a newspaper of him insulting her. It completely ruins her first season and then I think her mother dies immediately afterwards. Yes. So she goes back to the country and she spends the next 10 years there because she's basically running the estate for her father and she loves it and she wants to keep doing that. She has no interest in getting married. She just wants her father to let her run the estate and he won't and he says you have to get married or else I think he says I'll make you don't get, get married. So- Oh, so you don't I get... just read. Yes, I read my review, and um, what I really liked after reading my review was that um, when two characters start a book, they have a set goal. For Lottie, it was to get her dowry because she right. wanted to stay mm-hmm. and do what she was doing, and then obviously he had some some goal or another. He has a and a distillery. Yes, and so normally at the end of romances, you see both people complete these goals while also facing their biggest fear because that always happens but in this one she just doesn't get her dowry and she was okay with that because like a lot of times there's still like something standing in the way of them getting together and it's like i want to marry you but i still want this dowry for like these specific reasons um and she just forfeits it because she loves him and like they just they just do it and i thought that was really nice because i barely see that yes and she ultimately gets – it's not that she necessarily wanted the dowry for the sake of having her dowry. Yeah. It was that with that dowry, she was, it was there was this very lovely property she was going to buy yep. and, and yep. run her own household and run the estate, which is what she was doing at home, but her father wasn't going to let her continue to do it. So her ultimate yep. goal is essentially 
running an, an estate because that's yep. what she is passionate about. So no, she doesn't get her dowry, but ultimately her goal is completed because she becomes, mm -hmm. I don't remember what rank he is, but his wife mm -hmm. and gets to run. And he's perfectly happy to like yep. be her partner rather than doing yep. everything himself. So it works. Um, but that one also is a faking game. So she, he ruins her first season. He's heard about it. They're brokenhearted. She goes off to the country and then her mother dies. And so she ends up spending the next 10 years there. And then they run into each other again. There's some, I think, carriage accident or something causes uh, – they, they're at this inn. Yes. And I think because... she's in the accident and he's at the inn. And I don't know. It's it been a long a time since I read it. It was a very juicy scene because then there was like it a was bathtub. Really good. Um, it was excellent. So they run into Beth each other. Yeah. Because yes. Bethany sent like little little um, lip balms that smelled like all these people um, okay. as like a pre-order incentive or like incentive for like the second book. So then I got – because I think she smelled like lemon or something in this one. Mm -hmm. um, right. And it was like a big – it was like a big theme. So. Yeah. So they run into each other and it's this very delicious moment of recognition. It's mm -hmm. so good. Um, and then I don't remember exactly how it comes. I think – they spend a couple of days there and it's not until they're back in the city that it ends up coming to a head. I really, again, it's been a long time, time since I've read this book. But whatever the case is, romance reasons, her father has told this other guy that he can marry her. Mm -hmm. Even though he said she, he, she would have a certain amount of time to find a husband, he kind of goes back on that and is like, here, marry this one. And he's slimy. He's really awful. And so she's like, I need a fake fiance to get this guy off my back mm -hmm. so that I can. Mm -hmm. And so she asks him. They've kind of become friends, I think, by this point. And he yeah. feels so awful about the way that he ruined. Because I don't think he realized that he ruined her season. No. he. I mean, he understands it wasn't great. But it's not until they meet up again like 10 years later like how and it she ruined tells him that it ruined her entire season and chances of marriage. Mm -hmm. And he feels really horrible about it. And so to him, he agrees because this is his way of making up for that mm -hmm. and helping her ultimately achieve her goal and of course they fall in love there's some actually very good sex scenes there's I'm... one against a tree he listen listen because it lives in my head rent free it's what do you is that frottage i don't know what the term is frottage or whatever <laughs> dry hump no you're like me Frotage? That's, is that not how you is say that, a, that word? I have no clue. What I don't even know what word you're trying to say. Hold Watch. on, I'm this is, a, this is an actual word, I bet. I know the word. F-R-O-T-T-A-G-E. I don't know how you say it. I think it's frotage. Yeah, it is. Rubbing an the clothed body of another person in a crowd. Well, I don't know why it has to be in a crowd according to <laughs> <laughs> According yeah. to this. So like when you rub past someone on accident, like saying, no, no. <laughs> excuse me. Non-penetrative sex. Basically, it's grinding. It's non-penetrative. So he has her up against a tree. They've been wow. banging all – not actually banging because they haven't had mm -hmm. penetrative sex. But I think – I don't know. It's probably like she asks him to – because she she's not going to get married anyway. Whatever. Yeah. Um, They're in a chair the first time. That one's really excellent. They're like in the kitchens. It's a whole thing. And I then there's a scene against a tree. Listen. And it's like unclo – like he's – they're – bear but he's not penetrating her he's just grinding his uh -huh. dick on her clit basically yeah and she is begging him to put it in she's like please just one stroke like just one inside and he won't do it <laughs> and it's it's hot 
It's I listen. I love a like dry humping grinding. All of that yeah. is very hot to me. I think it's underrated. Mm-hmm. Um, that scene against the tree. I don't even remember their like first. They spend a night together. I don't even remember what that scene is like because the yeah. tree scene took up so much of my brain. I was gonna do a quick overview of this book, but at any rate, it's a fake engagement and it's great. <laughs> my um, review from over a year ago when I first read this and only time I read it, I gave it like four peppers, which is hilarious because it would not be so like I think it's I two get, or three for me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like I don't even remember enough of it to accurately like like not tell awesome. myself that I was being horrific. Um but yes, that one was I think I liked the next book better in that series, but that one was a pretty that one's solid really book. great. Mm-hmm. If you and read then I got like wait, this is important because this is a series that I'm an idiot with which you have been <laughs> like I was really dumb and I should have put dots together. Oh, this is the one you were talking is, about. Yes. So, uh oh my well, God, disregard everything I oh just God. said if you haven't read the series. Okay, the point is mm-hmm. if you decide to read The Misfits of Mayfair by Bethany Bennett. It's a three-book series. You start with any rogue will do. Do not read the plot summaries, like the blurbs, for either of the two later books. You need to go into the second book blind. Yeah. Oh, you're right. You're right. My favorite. I'm. It's not gonna spoil anything. But the the heroine in the second book, um, she's like really angry at him, and he doesn't quite know it. And then she like sucks him off <laughs> until he's almost to completion, <laughs> and then she just leaves the fucking room. It's so that- <laughs> <laughs> was my favorite so thing ever. It was beautiful. I, my jaw I was like, we dropped. need more of that. <laughs> we need more of that. Jaw on the ground. I was bowing down to her. That is the <laughs> baddest bitch energy. <sighs> she walked out. It, I, mm. it's just, it's just, I actually I, will to never this recover. Day, <laughs> to this day, I think about that because I want that to happen more. The third um, book also, yeah, so, I think the third book is the spiciest of them. It's a a single mm-hmm. mom. Uh, it's also like a one night stand. Yeah, it's a one night stand initially, and then they of. end up in the same place mm-hmm. again, and so they agree to a no strings attached affair. That obviously strings sure do mm-hmm. attach themselves, but that one, uh, there is a mutual masturbation scene, and she has a wooden dildo that is named Roger. She does, and Roger makes quite the appearance in that book. I is the audiobook out yet? Do you know? I have because no idea. I I like started the physical copy and then just did not continue reading because I have so many other things. Indeed, I, I was enjoying know. what I was reading, um, but the audiobook hadn't been released yet, so I've been like waiting. I think it was like the eleventh or something of October. So hopefully it's out and I can just well, like listen to that. Roger's um, got a great scene. There's also a really cute se- because it, single mom, and so mm-hmm. obviously there's some really great bonding mm-hmm. scenes between him and her son. And we and know so I do lovely. love that. It's mm-hmm. so good. But he also because he's a a kind of piratical navy captain. Like he's not a pirate, As but he's he basically be. a pirate. Yeah. Um. And so he's got a lot of tattoos. I was gonna say, does he have tattoos? He does. I think he has he tattoos, does. Yeah. And there's a scene where she like morning after type scene mm-hmm. where she walks into his room and her young son. He's showing her son no. his tattoo, and the son is watercoloring them. Oh. It's so cute. Oh, it's so good. Anyway, not those are not fake relationship. They're just excellent. Okay. okay rapid fire, my or unless you want to go. 
Um, well, I was just say two other two other forever ones are sure. "Someday My Duke Will Come" by Christina Britton. Um, mm-hmm. I've loved the entire series. Um, I think the last two, the one that hasn't been released yet, is my favorite, and then um, the one before that was "A Virgin Hero," and it was very emotional. It was a very emotional book. I was like not expecting to feel that much. This one, um, basically, he just has a really horrible mother, I think, and he like recently um, accepts a dukedom. Because his brother died and he doesn't want to get married to his brother's uh, fiance. So um, Clara, she has been ruined before, so she never wants to get married. Um, Rolls into town and he like makes an appearance in the first book. And he basically is like, hey, can you pretend to be uh, my fiance so I don't have to marry this other one? Um, I think my only thing in that one is I'm I think the, the mother was really bad. And she was really annoying, but I do think she got proper justice. I can't quite remember, but I think in my review, I was happy, which if I wasn't like raging, then that's a good sign. Um, and then the other one from Forever is Not the Kind of Earl You Marry by Kate Pembroke. Um, this book was my entire personality when it first came out. It was just so amazing because the intro the intro scene is uh, the heroine and her brother eating a normal breakfast. And then he comes in. He is the Earl of Norwood, William. He barges into their breakfast area. And he's, like, railing at her. Like, he's, like, yelling at her because there's this been this engagement announcement in the paper oh, that yeah. she is married. she's getting married to him. And he's like, why the hell would you do this? I don't want to get married to you. That was so rude. You think I'm going to marry you? I'm not. And he, like, goes off. And then her and her brother just sitting there, like, what are you talking about? And then it becomes very clear that they knew nothing of this. He's a political guy. So someone posted this to try to disrupt his reputation. And cause then he's like the, the, the villain thought then they would like not stay engaged and then it would be a whole scandal. Um, so then once he settled down and approached it logically that since they had no clue, he actually held accountability and was like, I'm very sorry for just absolutely destroying your life at that moment. And it was lovely. And then the entire book is the, is them just fake dating. Um, I don't think she really intended to get married. So she was just like, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. Um, there's another really cute scene with kids in there. He like gives them a piggyback ride. Hmm. Um, and they're, they write really cute letters to each other. And then there was one full sex scene that I really liked. Um, and it was introduced by a meddling rainstorm, which I always love. Well, so similar premise, similar, not the same premise, but different execution, which you have also read. And we have mentioned before, so I won't talk about it too much, but My Darling Duke mm-hmm. by Stacey Reed yes. is a Beauty and the Beast retelling or, mm-hmm. you know, inspired by Beauty and the Beast vibes, uh, but with a disabled hero. And that one mm-hmm. also has the premise. I mean, in this case, she actually does place the announcement in the newspaper that they are mm-hmm. engaged um, and that's the one that I mentioned where she just accepts that she's going to be ruined because her family is poor and she needs the money yeah. and the status to get her younger sisters into ballrooms and help them get, make good matches. And so she's like, that's fine. When all of this comes out, it'll ruin my reputation, but I am accepting that and I will go be a governess somewhere. But she basically just, there's this reclusive duke. He was in a horrible, I think, fire accident that mm-hmm. killed his parents and left him really scarred and physically disabled. And... He was very powerful, but this prevented him from doing the things that he needed to do. So he basically just left and went to his castle in Scotland and nobody's seen him in like a decade. He just 
lives in his castle in Scotland alone. And so she's like, he doesn't show up. He either won't know or if he does, nobody's seen him in a decade, like whatever. And so she just announces or mentions to the newspapers that they're engaged. And he ends up, he does end up coming to London, Mm -hmm. but more because he's intrigued. He's not angry. He's just Mm -hmm. so intrigued by her. And all the things that the newspapers are writing. So he shows up and is like, I, yeah, sure, I'll play along. I'll be your fake fiance. I'll help you out. But you do have to come hang out with me in my castle in Scotland unchaperoned. <sighs> it's good. And I've talked about this one before, but it's a, like, non-magical healing disabled hero. And they actually, like, talk about the disability. It's a part of his character arc. I think it's handled really well. It was recommended to me by... A disabled person who was like, mm-hmm. I really love this rep. So, I mean, I can't speak to it, but I have been told mm-hmm. that it is very good representation. It's also just handled really. It's just a really good book. It's Stacy Reed. We've talked about Stacy Reed yes. before, and that's like a fan favorite. So, um, everyone I know has recommended that book. Like, if they are a Stacy Reed person, um, most of the time they start out with that one, or that that was like their gateway drug was like that book. Um, for her um my next one is four weeks of scandal and i quite literally mm-hmm. read this less than a month ago i remember very little except that um he is immediately naked in the first <laughs> chapter he's like in a lake he's like taking a bath he comes back to his house that his father just died and then now he's got this house and he is like a professor or like a scholar of uh greek and like mythology so he's automatically hot Mm. he's got a very small dog and he jumps into this pond in the back of the house because he's hot and sweaty and he's also just hot and then the um the heroine walks in she's got a big dog and she thinks that this is her house because this was her father's house but her father and his father always like gambled so they would always like gamble away things. So they have to spend the next four weeks finding who actually has the deed to this house. Because at one point, the like her father or his father, no, her father, um, gambled away her to marry him. I love but that. Then her sister, but then her mm. sister won her back in like the first book of the series. Um, so that was a whole thing. And so neither of them really know who owns it truly he thinks he has more of a right because it was his actual house but then or his father had died like four days after getting it because he was so happy that he won it from the guy so he was like there's no way that it's not our house at this moment so that's the whole thing um if you've seen the movie funny farm um there's in that movie there's they like basically go to this house they have to repair it and they think it's a very charming town and like all the townspeople are actually crazy and um while that wasn't like quite the same thing here i just found like the cast of like the side characters in this book really charming um old joe i would die for you old joe just saying um he like so they have to pretend to be married because they're living together and um trying to fix up this house she wants to sell it he wants to live there hgtv all the way and they get all the townspeople to help them rebuild it and then old joe is like i will like stay in the stables if like all clean like if you let me stay there because he was homeless and it was just very cute and the past few megan frampton books have been really fun and this was no exception um and 
I listened to the audiobook and I'm not a Justine Eyre narration fan, but I could handle it. And I gave it five stars, even with her narration, which does not happen all the time. Like never. So um, I thought that was a really good one. And then do you have any more? I have three, but I'm not going to do like plot. I'll just rapid okay. fire them. Um, so the first one is The Perks of Loving a Wallflower, um, mm-hmm. also forever. Uh, it's not a fake engagement, but it is a fake the, – the beginning of the book is a fake courtship as a way of putting off one heroine's mother, basically, who just really wants her to get married. Um, mm-hmm. It's – it's kind of con- – I, I say that it's sapphic. Tommy uses she, her pronouns, but she reads as non-binary is the way that I usually mm-hmm. explain it. Her um, sort of superpower, all the Winchester siblings have very unique skills that they use to carry out vigilante justice. And Tommy's is that she's basically a master of disguise. Like, she will mm-hmm. fully turn into other people. So she spends a lot of time in disguises. And so the way that she gathers the courage to introduce herself to Philippa, mm-hmm. her crush, um, is by basically taking – she – her disguise is um a young baron who mm-hmm. exists for other reasons in the family lore but um so initially they meet and philippa doesn't know who she is she thinks that she's a young charming baron um and her mother doesn't love that but she thinks that it'll help like get her more yeah like better matches and so they kind of the interest and the thing that i liked about this one is that very early on tommy tells her um, that she is Tommy Winchester and not mm-hmm. Baron Vanderbeen. I and love when that's not hanging. Philippa's like, head. cool. Can we keep like doing this though to trick, like to keep my mom mm-hmm. off my back? Um, and it's a very lovely romance. I enjoy that one a lot. Um, the Rogue Not Taken, which I talked about at length mm. in the road trips, but that one is both they pretend to be married so that um, he claims to be her husband after she's been shot because the characters aren't letting other characters aren't letting him go with her to find a doctor, and he's like, "She's my wife," so then they have to pretend to be married, and then also to piss off his dad, he they they pretend that she's his fiance. Excellent. So it's a two for one, and then. Oh, I have two more. Never Fall for Your Fiancé, which was one of the first historicals I read. It's Virginia Heath, I want to say is her name. I got that one right here. I literally was like, what book is she talking about? As it's sitting Never Fall right for next your to me. Um, I am so interesting. It's very yes. silly, but in a good yes. way. It's, it's very rom com It's like a screwball, screwball yes. comedy. Um, it has not the best reviews, so this is maybe a controversial opinion. Yeah. But it's kind of it was fucking divisive. hilarious. Okay? I thought it was fun. It's kind of um, My Fair Lady-esque. In yes. She yep. has, she, she's very poor, and she her needs name the is, money. Her name is Minerva, and yeah. he has been telling everyone that he is engaged to someone named Minerva. <laughs> no, he's so been his telling his plan, mom. Yeah. So his whole plan is to find someone named Minerva to pretend to be his fiance. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about and, that. Um, and he meets her on the her street. Her name is Minerva. And he's like, hey, I could pay you a whole lot of money to come be my fiance. But his mother is in America, I believe. And she is yeah. like, surprise, I'm coming to visit you. And so he's like, quick, I've got to find somebody right now. I think she's visiting for Christmas. And so she and her sisters come to stay with him. And he's trying to basically train her to be yeah. like an upper class And I love my fair lady. Fiance. It's one of my favorite like plot setups. Um, it's like uh, Christmas, mild Christmas vibes. Um, if you've yeah. seen the movie Christmas in Connecticut, either of them, the remake or the old one, or um, Skipping Christmas with Ben Affleck, um, both of those are like hired family moments 
And I love that. And so this one really reminded me of that. And then there's this hilarious scene where someone has to play like Mozart, (laughs) but like the mother hates Mozart. And then the mother has like this husband. Yeah, there's just so many layers. And I thought it was truly, I was on a boat while I was reading this. I almost fell off because I was laughing so much. Um, And my my one note was from from my review was, I did appreciate the shameless nipples. (laughs) So... Because it there wasn't very steamy. <laughs> yeah, it's not super it steamy. Was, but no. It is. And it's a very long book. So I would maybe do the audiobook, like, if you've got, you know, like, some background stuff. But screwball, com- like, sp- screwball comedy is really what I would yes. um Just very charming, kind of bonkers premise. Mm-hmm. And it I really enjoyed itself very one. seriously. It very mm-hmm. much leans into the, like, mm-hmm. you've hired a And it was better. It's better than the Susan Enoch one that hasn't come out yet. Or maybe it just came out. Um, that one also has an illustrated cover. It's also like very screwball, but that one just kind of fumbled the pass like at 50%. But this one I thought was just very funny. And then the second one, like I said, um, I really enjoyed that one too. I need to read that. Um, it's one of her sisters. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was just a very, I love the cover of that one. And, um, I found it charming. So I like Virginia Heath. I think she is a good writer and she has a humor that's very close to mine, I think. So like, that can sometimes like make or break a book for me, you know, if I just don't relate to the humor at all. Um, but she works. Yes. And then my last one, and I won't say much about it because it doesn't come out until March. Mm. Um, but, and it's uh, on NetGalley now, if you're listening to this like on or near release date. Um, the It's the third Manda Collins ladies guide book. It's called A Spinster's Guide to Danger and Dukes. Mm-hmm. Um, this series, I usually say it's, very light steam it's honestly kind of 50 50 split for me like it's equal parts cozy-esque cozy-ish mystery it's it's a mystery and a romance um so if you don't and i normally don't love external plots but i find these books so charming um i think the first one is serial killers they're trying to track down um which sounds like whoa but it's it works um and he's uh, a Scotland Yard detective and yes. she's a meddlesome journalist. Um, the tagline on the... That's what got me to pick up that book. Um, it was a, one of the first forever books I ever read and I was in, I think, Target looking at the books. And the tagline on that book is of all the crime scenes in all the world, she walks into his twice, <laughs> which is an incredible tagline. Yeah. Um, and then the second one is a second chance a second chance romance and it's a kidnapping and there's also a murder Mm -hmm. so there's some things going on there and then this third one is a fake engagement um they meet in the second book he's a duke and she is lying about her identity Um, i do love a good like mistaken and or lying about identity well and i will say she reveals it to him in the first chapter so it's not a thing that's hanging over your head she was lying to her like she had her reasons was not entirely truthful about who she was um and then he kind of rescues her helps her out and she's like look here's who i am um my sister's been accused of murdering her awful husband Mm. i'm going to try to help and so he's like well i'll help you with that um and he can tell that she's kind of headstrong doesn't want to take help without giving anything in return type like she's Mm -hmm. a little proud about it um they also had a really rough initial meeting she thinks he's very like arrogant and awful um and so he's like well i'm going to my like grandmother's house party and i know she's gonna have a ton of debutantes all vying for my hand she really wants me to get married so how about you pretend to be my fiance to keep them off my back and i will help prove that your sister is innocent 
Um, so it's a fake engagement at his family home where there's a bunch of other women who thought they were going to – they're not a super huge part of the plot. And also, someone's obviously murdered her brother-in-law who she was supposed to marry. He's really awful. She has this awful stepfather who was also involved in this engagement. Um, There's blackmail. There's – it took it took a turn. I love a good like whoa, where is this plot going yeah. moment? And so I won't say too much about what it is because it's kind of a shock when you get to it. Um, but there are some spooky caves, some cult type things going on, and then they get it on in the caves. So again, oh not my. super steamy. There's only like the one scene. Yeah. But if you want more caves, again, a week to be wicked by Tessa Dare. If you want cult like behavior a duchess by midnight from um chairs michaels literally like an absurd wonderful book there's like sexy bird watching like she gets absolutely railed while watching birds on a stump listen bird watching and and bug watching shout out to the new christina britain or new it's coming out in november yeah literally I, I just love these these heroines getting absolutely railed while doing what they love <laughs> and who they love. Um, but that one, she's charged with, like, she's not really a governess, but she's, like, a – like, if you were in a pageant, you'd have, like, a pageant trainer. She's, like, someone who, like, trains debutantes kind of. And so she's okay. been tasked by him or really by – the someone else but he's related to them um to corral these two kids who grew up in a cult and um it's like in her fair yeah it's in her fairy tale series so it's she's like the wicked stepsister and so you have like the cinderella character she's like married to like the prince and so she's like a side character and she's like her sister and he's friends with the prince so then they both get to the the place whatever it was a great book and the cult was very unexpected and the 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 book changed my life new Um, episode cult really i who knew we could have two um so my only other one is the gunslinger's guide to avoiding matrimony i was telling caroline about it um last night so it's not necessarily your run-of-the-mill fake engagement um there's this town uh, what's it called? It's called something. I. It's called something. It's it's like desolation. So it was called something. So the town is called desolation, and this is book two in the series. But I read it first, um, because I'm chaotic like that. And um, you have to be married to be in this town, basically. So like, if you come, if you like roll into this, it's a western. So if you roll into this town on a horse named Friday, you have to get married and that's the only way because they don't want anyone to like be like a bad influence and they don't want like any loiterers. So he's got so he's got like four weeks to be married. And then we have four weeks of scandal, which (laughs) is exactly different. And then do you want to start a scandal? Which is also different. Yeah. Six Um, degrees. so, So then she um doesn't have a husband she's single but then her father is uh he has a very bad gambling problem and he is consistently threatening to gamble away her house and she, she's not okay with that so she needs to get married because in the in the deed or whatever w- once uh she gets married it goes to her are there no kids in this town ta- hey you have to be married in this town what how, new at people. what age new people okay 
Okay. Yes. So, like, if you're from here, you're cool. Yes. So, she was fine. But, like, if you're new coming in, like, they don't want random people. It's a very safe space. So, they don't want anyone coming in. So, he rolls up and he, like, started a rumor about the uh, sheriff in town that he was, like, the best shot. And then the sheriff got, like, ravaged by fans. Um, So, he's already kind of scared being there. And she goes down to the bar. And in the street, he doesn't know that they're performing marriage ceremonies um just randomly like a like a renaissance festival (laughs) and so she goes there specifically to find a husband because she just wants to marry someone to get this deed so her father can't gamble it away and they like get off to a really bad start he she like takes him out into the street to like yell at him and then they're like yelling at each other and this guy is like trying to hand them a piece of paper and then like they like they they get wrapped around with like the like tying like string or whatever like however yes and so they don't technically sign the paper but technically they're married now so then so then she doesn't want a husband but she also wants to keep this the thing so she's like in for the marriage he does not want to be married like they either said you can get married or you can find a job and he is just a terrible he's a terrible at jobs he, Me? Like, he goes th- <laughs> he like cycles through all these jobs and like Ron's causes terrible at jobs <laughs> like he's just not equipped for anything besides being a gunslinger um, okay also me <laughs> my did you know this was, character like- was actually based on me <laughs> my whole thing was where can I apply to be this gunslinger's holster was my whole thing <laughs> That's deeply um, phallic. You love to see yeah. it. Yep. And uh, I also found it very hot that he wanted to be clean. Like, he's a very clean person. He hates being dirty, so he hates being, like, dusty. Oh, um, like Tom Severin, right? Is that his book? I sure – you're asking the wrong person. Isn't that <laughs> I him? don't he, know. I don't know. No, 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 no. It's not Tom Severin. It's not Lisa Kleypas at all. Um, It's it's a that similar, like, better. they come from <laughs> – that makes me. They feel come a from lot poverty. It's uh, it's a Sarah McLean, and I don't remember which one. Oh, oh, it's Never Judge a Lady by Her Cover. He has a swimming pool. That's his exercise. Uh, he has a swimming pool in his oh, house, and okay. the dramatic like trauma reveal is that he was he grew up very poor and dirty. I think it's maybe it's a different. No, I think it is this one because they have swimming pool sex. Mm-hmm. Um, and he when he was like a very small child had to he was a chimney sweep essentially which was incredibly Mm. dangerous and they would send the small kids up there to do it even though it was Mm -hmm. super dangerous um and so he basically was dirty all the time and there was no like he wasn't allowed to bathe because he was just gonna go get dirty again and so Mm -hmm. as soon as he was wealthy enough he has this kind of obsession with being clean which is why he likes to swim because he never wants to be dirty again that's interesting oh my heart anyway (laughs) um so She's basically trying to – so their marriage isn't official until there's consummation because they don't – they never actually signed the paper. Classic. So – and so she's pretending to be married officially because she wants the house. He doesn't want to be married. So, like, it's, like, a messy marriage situation. Like, maybe it's it's not really fake engagement, fake whatever, but I'm going to count it because I wanted to talk about it. Um, it's closer so to she's marriage really tra- of convenience, but I'll yes. allow it. Yes. So she's like trying to seduce him. They're technically legally maybe not married. I don't it's know. It's like portrait um, of a Scotsman, but in reverse. Yes. So she's trying to seduce him to consummate the marriage so that it's official. And she's told him, she's like, you can literally like leave and never see me again. That's fine. I just want 
to be married. And um, there's this really hot scene. That's why I mentioned he, so he wanted to be clean. So they have like these bathhouses and it's like, um, I think of like Roman baths, like they were huge um, in Rome. And so she like saunters in and she's like, hey, so she's trying to seduce him. And so she's trying to be like, I will be like the best wife. My, I mentioned Sudana earlier, but she was like, yes, I'll do the cooking. Yes, I'll do the cleaning. Like she was like there to like serve. So she like starts to like clean, like bathe him. And he's just like really trying to fight it. Like he's like, I'm, I'm fine. And it was really hot and hilarious. All takes all. Yes. And it was a very funny book. And um, I loved it. It was like my first Western um, and it has very modern language. So if you're one of those who doesn't like like very modern um, like speech in historicals, I wouldn't read it, but that doesn't mm-hmm. bother me really. Um, it made it actually easier, I think, to like be introduced to a Western because frankly, that scares me a little bit. Um, but it was a great time and it was truly romantic comedy. Um, and I want to get ravished in a haystack. So um, as someone who has a horse <laughs> – that would not be comfortable. No, hay it is not comfortable. They also land. ravish in hay in a uh, a week to be wicked as well. That book can just also be be brought up at every moment. Um, but yeah, that that's all she wrote. We did it. We did there. It. You have it. Fake relationships, fake courtship, mm-hmm. engagements in historicals. Mm-hmm. Well, we did not introduce ourselves. We sure didn't. I was thinking about that just now, too. <laughs> uh-huh. To remind you, if you do not know, I am Hannah. I am Caroline. Mm-hmm. We and read a lot of romance and talk about them we, on the internet. We do. Um, prepare to be ravished, romanced, and alarmed all at the same time. <laughs> and alarmed? Oh, I feel like we are really alarming. selling ourselves. <laughs> If you're not alarmed by at least one sentence out of our mouths, like, what are you doing? Or what are we Have doing? Have we even achieved our goal? Yeah. yeah. Have we even romanced you? <laughs> you can follow us on socials. Um, Salty Caroline Reads, Fringe Book At Reviews. Fringe Book Reviews. They're linked in the description. Yes. Um, and our socials, obviously, Romance yes. Your TBR. Mm-hmm. Also linked in socials. Um, and also, as a side note, our show notes always contain the books that we talk about um, yes so thanks for tuning in yes um i mean consider I, yourselves romanced you better i mean i don't want to have to like come and romance you specifically but i will <laughs> we'll romance upon request <laughs> oh my god <laughs>